You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Welcome back, back Thursday, another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Chicago coming up for the Bears. Sunday afternoon game against the New Orleans Saints following that bad loss to the L.A. Rams. I'm Jake Hassan. I am back uh, from earlier in the week. Had some business to take care of. Uh, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano as always. And let's get into it. Um, you have the Saints. Uh, well, first of all, we should talk about this. Michael Thomas is out. Michael Thomas will mm-hmm. not be playing against the Bears. Their top receiver, their biggest threat. Uh, so that's a huge plus for the Bears. That's a huge advantage. Michael Thomas, obviously one of the best receivers in the entire league, top five, top three, whatever you want to say, but he's up there. Uh, the Saints, still a decent team, four and two, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yep. I mean, this is a team that's still pretty good. They had some struggles early in the year, but they seem to be figuring it out a little bit. Alvin Kamara is still Alvin Kamara. Uh, and Drew Brees, even though you can't rely on him as much, still is in a Drew Brees type of performance, uh, which is to say very, very good. So Bears coming off that really bad loss against Los Angeles, against the Rams, have a lot to prove. Apparently there were a lot of conversations in Hallis Hall between Nagy and Foles and the offensive coaching staff about how best to proceed with the calling of the game, with the game plan, what to do, how to fix what's broken. Um and the thing is, you're likely without Allen Robinson and Cody White here for this game. That's not a good way to start that type of transition, I would venture to say. It is not good. Um, both teams right here are going to be probably without their number one wide receiver. We know officially that you said Michael Thomas won't be in there. And I, I don't I presume Allen Robinson will play with that concussion. He's listed as doubtful. Uh, you don't want to take a risk on any you know head-related injuries. So he probably won't play. Um, before we get into the deep dive of the offensive and defensive side of the ball here, I just want to say the Bears have been good after a loss this year. Um, you know, against the Colts, then they took out the Buccaneers. So we talked about the resilience of this team quarter to quarter. And now we have a little bit of evidence that game to game uh, when it comes to a loss and, and how they perform after a pretty tough loss too. Like that Colts loss wasn't anything to sneeze at. I mean, that was a really, again, grueling, you know, deflating loss, very similar to what they experienced against the Rams on Monday night. So I will say that I do think the Bears are a resilient team. Um, and just the makeup of their team uh, is strong in the sense that they can come back from a tough loss like that. And it's not going to completely defeat the locker room. It's not going to defeat the team too much to where, you know, it's going to crumble them for the rest of the year. And we actually saw the resilience last year as well. Um, so I, I'm actually not as worried as a lot of people are. I think I know Chris is very worried from what I'm seeing on Twitter. He is not confident at all. Jake, I don't know where your confidence level is at. Um, but I, I'm not as worried as other people about this game because of the resilience of this team. And, and you know, that injury to Michael Thomas is big. Uh, but I also don't think the Saints are you know, the Saints of the past few years that you're used to. This isn't a Super Bowl. I mean, they're a Super Bowl contending team, but they aren't, you know, that upper echelon of Super Bowl contending teams, in my opinion, right now. Um, so not too worried about this game, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm <laughs> you you called it, Kevin. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, I will go as far as to say, in my opinion, this is a make or break game for the Bears. I do actually believe that. Um, for this reason, 
there's all it the bears are five and two and the way people are talking including myself so this goes for me as well like we're all talking like the bears are two and five and i honestly don't believe that's for no reason i think people know that the problems are bad and i feel like you know the wins kind of masked it all but you know the more it, it, the more the bears lose after every loss i feel like more things are coming to light um and it's just it's one it's one of those things where i feel like if they lose this game like the trajectory of this team is not going to be where we'd want it to be well, the th- the thing with new things coming to light is that, I mean, injuries are a part of that because now you're being exposed even more. Uh, you already lost James Daniels, who was your best offensive lineman. Now you lose Cody Whitehair, and now you're further, further weakening a unit that was already not great for you. So I think part of that uh, is just from injuries, and you have to overcome, and unfortunately the Bears don't have the depth to really – overcome it in the way that they need to so i mean you have to find that silver lining that production from elsewhere uh as far as a make or break game goes i do partially agree with what you're saying Uh, i do think that you need to show signs of life in this game you need to show and i feel like we say that every week but especially after the comments that Foles made last week and the way you got embarrassed uh you need to have a game like you had against the buccaneers you need to have a game like you had against carolina where you can just either score first and cruise or show that you can score points and come from behind and win again. You need something. Uh, But I don't think your season is completely tanked. If you lose this game, we knew this would happen. We knew this stretch was going to be tough because these are good teams that we, that the bears would be playing. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, stomp my foot and pout about it, but the Rams were a beatable team and you did not So now the saints have shown they're a beatable team. Now you have to, come back you have to bounce back because i if you do somehow sneak into the playoffs even later you're showing that you can't beat these playoff caliber teams which i know you beat the buccaneers and the panthers but i mean the rams and saints are also playoff teams so you got to show something well i don't i don't know if i buy into this whole make or break thing because i think bears fans are too caught up with the reputation of the team do people think they're good do people think they're bad where are they on the power rankings all this all that for them it doesn't matter and what i talked about with chris on the last episode um i think on the recap episode or in the last episode we did with the listeners was it doesn't you know for this team anything goes it doesn't matter if you're regarded as the top team in the league once this team gets into the playoffs like because of this defense and because of the style of this team and the makeup of this team they can defeat any opponent on any given day so i don't care if they do go five and three and oh you know the bears aren't real screw them you know 20th in the power rankings all this all that i could care less what people think about them as long as they get to have the opportunity to take a team down in the playoffs that that's all i care about sure what i do i want them to win the division yes do i want them to get a top seed in the nfc yes but i'm not gonna you know just feel defeated and dejected if they don't get there if they get into the playoffs in any way okay good and then i think once they get there they have a chance to do some damage. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I don't think people should be seeing it as five and three. You're giving up on the team. That just makes no sense at all. They play an easier schedule in the latter half of the season. They play the, the Vikings twice, the Lions again, the, the Jaguars, the Texans. I mean, those are five winnable games right there. There is absolutely no reason that even if the Bears do lose this game, which I don't think they will, and we'll get to that later, that we should be talking like the season's over. And, oh, you shouldn't watch next week, and you shouldn't watch the, the, the week after that. All that, to me, is ridiculous. 
Um, you know, who cares about the reputation? Who cares what Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith say every morning on first take? It does not matter. If the Bears get to the playoffs, they can do some damage once they get there. See, like, my whole thing with this is <clears throat> you brought up those games that you said, you know, very winnable games or, or um, beatable teams. And it's like, dude, we've played the Giants and the Falcons and, and barely won those games. Barely. Well, the Falcons, we had to come back. But that Giants game, I mean, we were barely holding on. And it's like, I don't there's no with the way this offense is performing. There's no such thing as, as an easy game. I, I really don't think there is. Um, you played the Lions. You almost lost that game. I mean. Like it's just it's one of those things where that there's so many things um, that 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 record is masking. And that's kind of how I see it. Like you're right in terms of, you know, making the playoffs, um, you know, five and three is definitely, you know, you're you're still right there in the thick of things. But it's more about the the, you know, the the deeper dive into all of it. That that's kind of worrying, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I don't know if we should, oh, the record is masking all these things. Like, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, th- this is not a league. This I mean, defense is still part of the, the the team. Guys, This I know this is an offensive league, but, you know, it's not, oh, 80% offense, 20% defense. That, that's not how it works. We can't just be so, you know, pessimistic about this team going forward just because the offense isn't as good as we expected it to be. I mean, that is really a terrible outlook to have. They're dangerous because of their defense. We knew any way if they were going to get to the Super Bowl the playoffs it because it'd be because of the defense this shouldn't be a surprising shock to anybody where the Bears are at right now it should not be shocking at all this is exactly what everyone should have expected except maybe a little bit worse offense than you expected but otherwise the formula is exactly what everyone should have expected so I don't know why everyone's sitting back here you know saying all this stuff and oh you know there's masking so many problems and all of this and all of that I mean come on guys like this is exactly what we thought would happen and I don't I mean people are I mean, I mean, everyone seems so pessimistic right now. But let's get into the Saints dive in. Um, this is for the Saints game. Let's drop into it. Um, offensive, defensive. Let's dive into it. Jake, uh, what you got for us here in this deep dive? I mean, just what I have, I mean, you kind of brought it up. The defense, uh, the defense is going to win you this game. I, and that's true of most games. Drew Brees isn't who he used to be. Drew Brees has looked older, especially this season, more so than in the past. Uh, yes, he could still give you the occasional wild play, the occasional, uh, dry deep ball, but this defense has shown that they can defend the deep pass. They've shown that they can defend anything. So you need them to do that today because, or not today, Sunday, because that's how you're going to win this game. You need to stop Drew Brees. And to an extent, I guess you got to stop Taysom Hill. Um, but Alvin, Alvin Kamara is the story here because he's been catching balls left and right. He's Drew Brees' number one target, especially with Michael Thomas out. Uh, so you're going to have to have a big game from Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, and Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara scares me. If there's anything that scares me, it's Alvin Kamara. Just because the Bears actually haven't been as good as you think uh, on run defense. They just simply haven't. Um, they, they've been good, but not as great as they are in other aspects of the defense. But their pass defense has been phenomenal, as we know. Um, all of that is good and great. So, I mean, Alvin Kamara scares me a little bit. But, again, this is not a Saints firepower offense that we're used to. I mean, you know, they're putting up an okay amount of points and a good amount of yards. But, it, like, against this defense and against Kyle Furler and Jalen Johnson and Eddie 
Eddie Jackson. Like I've said it multiple times. I don't care if it's the number one ranked offense or anything, or 32 or anything in between. Like I have trust in this defense to make this a game and shut them down. I mean, you saw what the Buccaneers have done since their loss to the Bears. I mean, it it, it just doesn't matter. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried at all. I mean, you put Drew Brees down like Tom Brady. He's an old guy. You put him down early in the game. He's got to get back up and limping around and all that. Like it, it, it could go south quickly for them. Um, and they have a good offensive line. So it's going to be a test for Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. But I do think this could be kind of a uh, Akeem Hicks revenge game. He played in 2017 against them, uh, but did not get an opportunity to play against them last year. And he does not like New Orleans. If you guys any remember any of the things he tweeted and he said about New Orleans, he does not like them. Uh, he, he felt like he, they did him dirty or whatever. So I think this could be uh, an Akeem Hicks revenge game. He's really going to get after that interior part uh, of the Saints offensive line. But no, this Saints offense, especially without Michael Thomas, and actually Emmanuel Sanders is on the COVID list right now. I don't know if he's going to play. And I believe their third wide receiver... Uh, Harris is also, I believe, questionable or doubtful. So this is a depleted, depleted offense. And if they have to only rely on Alvin Kamara and those other weapons are out and the Bears can simply key on it, key in on Kamara, yeah, I mean, they'll shut him down easily. I've trusted them to do that. So um, not too worried, actually, about the Saints offense coming in here. Yeah, um, you know, the, that Saints offense without Michael Thomas and, and Emmanuel Sanders, just not very good, um, at least on paper. Um, you know, you got Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, um, Deontay Harris. Callaway was the guy. Yeah, I'm not sure if um, – was he the guy that was hurt? Yeah, he was the guy that's questionable. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Marquez Callaway, I, I saw him make a couple big plays uh, last week. Um, you know, so, I mean, they, they have some guys that, that can do some things. But um, I, I'm the, the Kamara matchup kind of scares me um, just because, man, when he runs routes – and he's very good at it just in general. But um, with the way our linebackers have just kind of just been a little, I, I, you know, Roquan Smith has picked it up. He's been good. Um, but, you know, there are just moments where like there there will be like a play here and there where the linebackers just look so slow for whatever reason. And I feel like um, Kamara's going to, you know, kind of put the pressure on the linebackers. So that's going to be that's going to be something that I'm you know, zeroing in on, but yeah, in terms of the, the Saints offense in general, I mean, there's not too much there. Um, I, I think Alvin Kamara, um, you know, even though he's pretty much the only guy there right now, um, I think he's going to be a big, big, uh, big menace. Here's the thing. And cause I, I know we're doing like our deep dive right now and I, but I just want to circle back to Kevin's point about, you know, this defense is top 10, this defense, you know, we shouldn't be worried about the powering and stuff because this defense is still a part of the game. But we've seen in the past and we've talked about on on this podcast that you can't always expect defense to win you games because you still need to score points. And that's the thing. This Saints offense is still scoring points. Yes, they're missing their wide receivers, but they can still beat you. And, you know, and maybe the Saints defense isn't fantastic, but I mean, Cam Jordan's pretty good. And your offensive line stinks. Yeah, I can't Jordan's good. So uh, <clears throat> that's what gives me worry about this game because you know your your offensive line is basically a torn in half already. She'd a loose leaf, and he's gonna tear it in half even more. So that scares me. But I and this is I guess let's get back into the deep dive. I hope that's what we see the progression from the offense. I hope that those conversations with between Nagy and Foles. And then the other offensive uh, coaches, I, you hope those went well. You hope that those something came out of those, something positive came out of those. And listen to Nagy's presser, I think, was it today uh, or yesterday? He sounded today. optimistic. 
He sounded like things were better, but <laughs> just the fact that we're seven weeks in, six weeks in now, and you're still having those conversations and you're still figuring it out. And I know Foles was put in three weeks later, yada, 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 but I just got to see it. And unfortunately we're still saying the same things, but I got to yeah. see, I got to see something other than a freaking three yard out route for, you know, somebody for Allen Robinson to get his head taken off. I got to see Darnell Mooney hit on these deep routes because he's open. So put the ball in his hands for God's sake. So I got to see, I got to see that those conversations actually went somewhere and it's not just hot air. Uh, it's hot air. I'll tell you right now, it's hot air. I mean, come on, man. Matt Nagy came out today and was like, yeah, so I, you know, I really evaluated everything, went back and looked at it all. And I, I've come to the determination that my play calling was not the issue. And it's the fault of somebody else. Let me point the finger at somebody else. Typical Matt Nagy. You know, oh, me, no, me? Oh, I'm not going to take credit for that. You know, my play calling sucks? No, no, no. Come on. You ma- Imagine what would happen if you gave me a real key B and a, and a real, all of this junk, all of this crap. I'm so sick of it. Um, You know, oh, you know, I, we sounded real optimistic. Yeah, great week of practice. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think things are really looking up. And then we put up, you know, 150 yards of offense uh, in a full game. And then it's the next week. Oh, yeah, you know what? You know, good week of practice. Uh, Things are looking optimistic. Like, come on. I'm. I, like, how many times are we going to go through this in the past? two years where it's week after week oh yeah we know what we need to improve on and then it never improves like does he really even evaluate what's going on because he always says he does we're going to evaluate the run game we're going to evaluate the tight ends we're going to evaluate this we're going to evaluate that and we're going to change it and it never changes so i don't have optimism that those conversations were just so instrumental and the offense is going to look like a totally different unit now i'm not saying the offense is going to put up zero points because i want to read you guys a few stats new orleans actually isn't that great of a defense either when it comes uh, to red zone. They are actually 26th in takeaways per game. So that's good because the Bears can dominate the turnover margin. They will win this game. Uh, And New Orleans has not gotten takeaways this year. They're 29th in opponent third down conversion percentage at 50.62%. So if the Bears can get those long extended grueling drives and just, you know, dominate the time possession, that's a formula to winning like they did against the Buccaneers. And third, they're the worst red zone defense in the NFL. So once the Bears get in the red zone, they have to score against a defense that has been allowing touchdowns at one of the highest rates in the NFL. I believe they're allowing 17 pass touchdowns, second to the to only the Atlanta Falcons, who have allowed 19. I mean, this is a vulnerable defense, especially once you get into the red zone. So I'm not I'm not giving up total hope for this offense. I'm just kind of sick of hearing these things from Matt Nagy, um, you know, him not identifying that he is the issue, him not taking credit um, for some of the issues going. I know he says in his press conference, yeah, you know, I'm the first one you can blame. But he, I mean, that's just talk. He never actually reflects that in the decisions that are made. So it's kind of frustrating, man, because we talked all last week about, okay, this is the problem. We Let's diagnose the problem, but how can we fix the problem? And all this past five days, we haven't seen them do anything to fix the problem. In fact, you could argue it was worse, uh, made worse by Brian Greasy's comments. And I know that, you know, Foles was like, oh, it's not, you know, I still think there was something through that. But I don't know. Um, vulnerable defense. I still have positivity. The Bears offense can score enough points to win them the game. But all this Matt Nagy talk, just, you know, give me the truth one time and identify the problem and fix it yourself. Well, that's coach speak. You know, that's, I think that, I yeah. don't think that's anything. <sighs> I, I think that's every coach mm. ever. And the only one who has ever, like, done what he said because he's not saying anything at all is Belichick. 
So he always and beats that's why he's the greatest coach of all time. Oh. <laughs> and so he's not saying anything. So it's you know you never know what you're getting, but it's the Patriots. So you're always getting the same thing anyway. Well, except this year. But yeah, I mean, it's just I need Nagy to. I mean, I tweeted it. Matt Nagy, stop thinking you're smarter than you are or more clever than you are. Just take yourself down a peg just, and realize that you need to give your guys some more help and that you need to scheme better and say, okay, this isn't working. Like, you have to tell yourself you're wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. And and here, here's, here's my worry with, with this whole thing. Um, Kevin kind of brought it up. And then I have a question for you, Jake, after I finish this point. Um, but – like, so, you know, he talks, he always talks about how he's evalu he's, you know, constantly evaluating things, constantly evaluating things. And he, he came to the conclusion that, you know, the play calling, you know, isn't the problem, correct? That's what he said, or that's what he feels like right now. Um, he's not mm-hmm. going to, you know, hand over the, the play calling duties to anybody else. So if, if that's the case, and this offense is as bad as it is, that, that tells me that either he's lying straight up because, I mean, it's pretty evident that the play calling is at least part of the problem. He's either straight up lying or they genuinely don't know what the problem is with the offense. And either way, it's a terrible, like, that's a terrible, you know, sign. And and it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, like Kevin said, I mean, how, like, how, how can you trust Matt Nagy right now? How, how can you trust him? And I said this on the last episode, Jake, um, so here's my question. Do you trust Matt Nagy right now? Like moving forward, as of right now, do you trust him? And, and you you can take that to mean however you want it to mean, but just in terms of trusting him as the head coach moving forward, um, do you trust him? No, I don't. But also, you have you have no choice. You have to. Like I I, I want to say without a doubt, no, I don't. Like yeah, uh, mail it in. But I, you have no choice. You have to believe in him. You have to believe that there's going to be some adjustment made, that there's going to be some tweaks made, because this is it. I mean, you're in the thick of it already. You're in the season. You've already made the biggest change you can make with the quarterback, and there's probably probably no chance you're going back. I mean, would that change things? Who freaking knows at this point? But you have to. You have no choice. You have no choice but to trust them because uh, this is what you have. These are the cards you're dealt, and now you got to play with them because mm-hmm. you're seven games in now, and you're somehow in a playoff race. So you just got to believe them. And you know what? Whether yeah. you want to believe in Nick Foles, or you want to believe in Allen Robinson, or you want to believe in the defense, you have to believe in something because somehow you're five and two, and Kevin listed off the winnable games you still have. You're still staring a playoff spot right in the face. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So that's a good and- point. By winnable games, I would argue that every game is a winnable game with this team. I mean, we have seen that they have an opportunity, and I said this last week, they have had an opportunity to win every single game. Every single game they play, whether it's the Saints, the Titans, the Packers, the Vikings, the Jaguars, the Texans, the worst teams and the best teams, they will go into that game with a legitimate opportunity to win. Um, And that's why I've been, you know, I've either picked them every game or been so close to picking them every game for that exact reason Um, is that, you know, this defense is going to keep them in the game. Even last week against the Rams, they had an opportunity to win that game. Had Nick Foles just not just chuck the ball into the air and have it intercepted a number of times. Um, And that's uh, God, please, Mitch Trubisky, run out of the field in the huddle, please, for the first play against the Saints. Please just save my soul. Um, 
not going to happen. And it's it's ridiculous that it's not happening, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, the rushing offense, let's get to that because I know that's going to be interesting because New Orleans has the fourth best run defense in the NFL, and the Bears are dead last in the NFL in rush yards per game. Should come as a, a huge surprise to a whole lot of people. Um, give me Lamar Miller or give me death. I mean, what is going on out here? I need Lamar Miller to do something. Uh, activate him from the practice squad. Hell, give me Artavis Pierce. Give me uh, not Ryan Nall, not Cordero Patterson, but Pierce or, or Miller. Um, because, Jesus, I mean, we need something else here. The just ignorance to not bring those two guys or give those two guys an opportunity is just beyond ridiculous to me. Sam Mustafer is probably going to be the starting center. Um, it's okay. That, oh, oh Lord, that should be interesting. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, if we had an over under guys for rushing yards, I don't even know where I would put it at. I don't even know where I would put it at. I don't like, know if that's one of you guys over under, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, I mean, I, that over or under would probably be at like 17.5 or something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. But no, I mean, it, it's just like kind of like what Kevin said. It, it, it's like at this point, if you don't tr- at least just try to see what you have in Lamar Miller and Artavis Pierce, then, then you're honestly just n- not evaluating things because I, I – like how could like the 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 words Matt Nagy speaking and the actions are are not you know they're not together they're not matching up it's just not adding up at all um so yeah i mean you know we we've we've pretty much hammered this point home but like we don't think David Montgomery is necessarily a superstar but I, but we don't really think he's you know it's all his fault either but the you know what what is like what is the problem with trying out Lamar Miller and Artavis Pierce like you know, you may as well. Why is he even on the roster? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's kind of the thing. Well, when did we sign Lamar Miller? Like a month ago. Roughly. Like, yeah, like four yeah. weeks ago, I think. Yeah. So I mean, at this point, it's like he he's not what understanding the playbook. Like the dude's a running back. I mean, <laughs> he's a veteran. He's, not, he's a veteran and, and, running back. And, and exactly, I was gonna say he's played in this league, you know, for many years. Like he's like, the guy's a vet. I mean, I don't think. He should be having this much of a problem with the playbook. And, you know, there and there's no way that that Lamar Miller was, you know, completely let himself go to where he wasn't even in shape, you know, while he wasn't playing. I don't believe that either. So I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, Matt Nagy just trying to hammer home the, this David Montgomery stuff um, and Cordero Patterson stuff. You can kind of say that, too. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with Kevin. I, I just want to see a different look at the very least at this point. The problem with I know this, why Lamar Miller's not playing. The the naggy playbook is is too complex for him. There's too much going on. It's too much to dissect. All of the you know the genius that's flowing through Matt Nagy's head it just can't be processed by Lamar Miller. It wasn't be able to be processed by Matt Nagy. It hasn't been able to be processed by Nick Foles. It's just you know guys I think he's just too smart for everyone. I think that's what we have to figure out. Matt Nagy's just too smart. He's a genius and no one can figure out his damn playbook. That's exactly why he's not playing. Too complex yeah. for him. Way too complex. Yeah, you, you, the 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 inside runs every two downs on second and eight, and the out routes for three yards are too complex for Lamar Miller. Sorry, Jay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, real quick. You guys didn't know you like it. Literally says in the terms and conditions, you need to have a certain level of intelligence to play for Matt Nagy. <laughs> a certain IQ level. <laughs> um, 
the, the thing with the running game is I don't think you're going to see anybody get any opportunities because how can you get any opportunities to run behind this offensive line in the state it's currently in? I, I think I, I agree with you. I'd like to see Lamar Miller just for his pass catch. If it's just going to be screens on third and 10 that go for a yard, I mean, what's what's the point? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you're not getting I mean, anything I'm not anyway. I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but at this point, it's just like you may as well. Like, you you, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. like you just right. But I'm just, just saying like, I'm just saying don't be disappointed when the production's the same, even if Artavis Pierce or Lamar Miller do get in there because they're not. But we won't even know. We won't even know. Well, if it's the same. well, that's the thing. That's kind of the thing, though. If those guys are both struggling, then I feel like you you kind of know the problem then or the, the main problem. Because then you can't put the blame fully on David Montgomery, which speaks volume at that point. That's kind of like my whole thinking with it. I guess. It's just, I just feel like you know what it is. I mean, look at the state of it. Look at the uh, injuries. I feel like, I mean, I I still think, yes, they should get those snaps. And you should try to change the look up a little bit. But I just, I mean, don't be disappointed when you're still getting one yard or two yards. And, you know, you get excited for a four-yard run. Because that offensive line, you're going to be starting two rookies and possibly two undrafted guys. So that's where you're at. That's just the state of the state of the union on the offensive line right now. And to make matters worse, Kyle Long did an interview with uh, Barstool Chicago this morning saying if he ever does come back, it's not going to be for the Chicago bears because the bears dumped him and he's not, not going to go back to his ex. So that's really cool and good. Uh, (laughs) That's really great. I actually did not see that. That's pretty funny. (laughs) How long is probably he's been slamming beers playing golf at 10 a.m. for about nine months straight now in his home in Montana. So I don't good know if he's him. in any condition. I wish I was, to I wish good I for him. I Oh, me too. Good for him. But I, I, I mean, he's teasing all the fans out here on Twitter. Say, oh, you know, they need a right guard. Get the hell out of here. He's not even thinking about returning. He looks good. He's slim. He's fit. He's on television. Uh, You know, he looks great. He's in that position where he's like, oh, let me tease the Bears fans because the Bears did me dirty. And, you know, let me do this to try and, you know, stir the pot a little bit. And that's and that's also that's always who Kyle Long was. Stir the pot, say some things for his own amusement. So that was always his brand. I respect the hell out of it. Go do your thing, man. Like you got paid. You don't owe them anything. But just for him to say, if I come back, it's absolutely it's not going to be for the Bears because they dumped me. Like, Come on, man. Hey, no, what is I mean, team? I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really have a problem with what he said, though. I, mean, oh, I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with it's my issue isn't with him. It's with the team. Like, see, this is what happens when you unceremoniously dump players like this or when the, yeah. the when you treat players that way. This is what happens. And then your reputation goes down and now guys don't want to play for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying. Like, I feel like that's not a good <laughs> That's not a good uh, endorsement, if you will, uh, for for other guys that are potentially thinking about, you know, joining the Bears. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. It's a very good point. It's all, all those free agents that we thought Ryan Pace should get just don't want to come over here. He he's he's made it out. He's made it available to Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon Bell, Quentin Spain, uh, Devonta Freeman. They all said, "Hell no, I don't want to play for the Bears." That's exactly the answer. Well, it's there, fine. That's all. Ryan all seventy-five yard touchdown <laughs> runs coming soon. So. Dude, that's all. I mean, come on, man. All we need, Ryan. Right no, but Jake, I just want to go back to the running thing because, you know, I, I just I, part of me just feels like for some reason, it, just in the back of my mind, if one of these running backs gets a different opportunity, I just feel like they're going to succeed. I don't know why I have that in the back of my mind. Uh, but Ryan, uh, 
uh, Artavius Pierce rather 4.4740 time. Lamar Miller ran a 4.4 uh, back in his day, and he's probably still that fast. You know, th- these are faster dudes who can actually get to the edge and get, you know, 10 yards off the edge. And, you know, the holes are closing up quickly, right? That offensive line can maybe maintain that hole for a second and a half. Okay, get a faster guy to burst through that hole while it's open. And then second level yards are all contingent on this, the running backs' elusiveness and speed. So I'm just, I'm not, I, I just want to see what would happen. I just want to see, and I maybe I'll be proved completely wrong. See what would happen if you get a guy with a little bit of burst and a little bit of explosion who's being utilized the right way. Because Tariq Cohen's that guy, but it was always bounce outside, bounce you know wherever and all that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, just like again, what do you have to lose? I mean, if we go another full game of just you know garbage running play, you know thirty yards of offense from David Montgomery. Um, and you still didn't even, you know, have the idea in your mind to put in Artavis Pierce and Lamar Miller, something really is wrong there and something's really wrong with that evaluation. Um, and then what is going to happen is Matt Nagy is going to come in the press conference and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we know what happened and, and, you know, great week of practice and, uh, and we're looking to be a little bit better on the running game, uh, this week. And then same thing week after week, it's a carbon copy, my guy. So, um, I don't know. I don't know, but if Lamar Miller gets on the field, you know, what's what's his odds? Lamar Miller, anytime touchdown score, plus 5 million? Plus, you guys want to make some money? Let's let's make some money. Plus, it, it, I mean, what? I don't, it's got to be over what Cole Komet was that one week, right? I mean, th- we don't even know if this guy's going to be active. Yeah, it yeah, might not be there at all. Jake's yeah. um, looking at it. He's thinking about it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm attempting to track it down at this at the time. Here we go. Game touchdown. Da, 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 da. Uh, okay. They might not have. You probably have to be on the active roster to be eligible because he's still on the practice squad technically. But so is Artavis Pierce. I, I'm I think. thinking. No, no, I'm he's thinking, on the I'm thinking by like tomorrow night. Um, if it's not on there by tomorrow night, then probably not going to be there but yeah yeah they have uh they have no players currently listed so okay yeah it's probably check we'll check again tomorrow night and we'll tweet it out if we think you should uh place that bet that that you know big money bet like kevin uh kevin was implying yes sir big money wagers (laughs) get it boys and we were right once right i mean it, it has to happen again eventually Hey, well, that was really the only time we did it. I mean, we haven't really done it like that crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That is true. That is true. Uh, Should we do some bold predictions or overs-unders, speaking of which? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's do the overs-unders first. Uh, I really only have one, and it's offensive touchdowns over-under one and a half. Um, over actually, I know. Wow. What a shocker that is, right? I'm going to go over. I mentioned to you guys, New Orleans, worst red zone defense in the NFL. So really what I think is going to happen is the bears are going to get a few turnovers, put that offense in favorable position where you only got to get 40 yards. Jimmy Graham's going to score a touchdown this week. Uh, a little bit of a revenge game for him, right? Former saint. He doesn't really have a lot of beef with New Orleans, but uh, I think Jimmy Graham gets in there and I'll go over. I think they'll get at least two. Um, for some reason, as pessimistic as I am, I, I feel like I can see two touchdowns happening for whatever reason. Um, so I will take the over on that as well, but I don't see any more than two touchdowns from the offense. 
Okay. Under. Under. Oh boy. I mean, I don't believe so, in this offense. Not, not uh, neither do I. So Fair how many enough. touchdowns is the defense scoring? That'll be my over under. Over under .5 defensive touchdowns. Because we're oh, at the point. I mean, guys, I know you guys are watching the games every Sunday. Because uh, everyone says this, thinking, holy crap, the only way the Bears are going to score is if they score defensively. And that was the case last week. Yeah. Um... Or special teams. Defense, special teams. Because we know what happened last year with Cordell Patterson against oh. the Saints. I'll go. Man, I don't know. He doesn't know. know. Jake he doesn't know. I'm going under. You're going under. Ooh. I'm still going under. So lame. I, I have no I, reason to believe that. More how many th- field goals is Cairo Santos gonna kick on Sunday, Jake? Seven. My, My goodness. Might be. I don't believe in this team to score touchdowns. Fair. <laughs> right, I'll go. I'll, I'll go under as well. Um, I Ooh. feel like. Yeah, Kevin's gonna. Kevin's going to so hate funny. me and Jake after this episode, probably. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, like, don't get me wrong. The defense is absolutely capable of it. It's just, it's more so based on just the opportunity of it. You know what I mean? Like, like I, it, it's kind it's of based on like, who the referee is. That's what you mean to say. <laughs> what was that? Based on who the referee is. Oh, With yeah. Jerome Boger. Oh, no shot. No chance. Oh, that, that's, a, that's another thing as well. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, just based off opportunity, but in terms of, like, is the defense capable of it? Absolutely, they're capable of scoring a touchdown. Um, my over-under, um, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna bring, uh, I'm gonna bring, it, bring his name back up on this podcast. Um, but with Allen Robinson most likely out, um, over-under 44.5 receiving yards for Anthony Miller in this game. Oof. I know, guys, this is crazy, um, but I'm going over. I, I know wow. it's the shocker of the world. I am going over. I am going over. I, I think he will get 44. Um, I think Darna Mooney has a really nice game. I think he gets opportunities as long as the throw is there. I mean, we know he'll get the opportunities. It's just whether the throw will be there for him. Uh, but I do think Anthony Miller will get 40, over 44 yards. Um, I know that sounds crazy because I you know, haven't been the biggest Anthony Miller fan either. But I, I think that could happen. I think it could happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm going under. I think you're more likely going to see production from – I, I think before you see Miller, you're going to see Mooney, Graham, and Komet in that order get, you know, and and Montgomery, actually. So, I I mean, I still think that even without Robinson, I think there's four guys ahead of Miller right now. So, I'm going to go under. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Bold predictions? Yep. Let's do it. Uh, Chris, you want to start us off since you're segueing us? Um, You know, uh, I will. I will. I'm actually... For some reason, when I think about this game, um, you know, just trying to imagine how it's going to go down. um, I see Akeem Hicks having a good game. So I'm going to say two sacks for Akeem Hicks um, and a forced fumble. Wow, that's a big game. Okay, it's a revenge game. Hell yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go. I'll have a little fun. My over-under was defensive touchdowns, right? Uh, I have more confidence in the defense scoring a touchdown than the offense quite frankly. And I think Jalen Johnson gets his this week. Uh, Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Brees is down there, makes a dumb decision. Jalen Johnson cuts it off, takes it to the crib. Uh, Give me that Jalen Johnson. Anytime touchdown score plus 5 million, uh, put $5 on it. You'll be rich. 
I, I I just love I just love how Kevin just throws out the, the most like random odds. <laughs> most five million. Most <laughs> random numbers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Um, my bold prediction for this game is that the Bears still win. I took the under on touchdowns. I took the under on Anthony Miller receiving yards. I think the Bears still win this game. I think you get one touchdown and three field goals from Cairo Santos. You win. And this will be my prediction, obviously. I think you win this game 16-14. Okay, 16-14. I think Cairo Santos is back. Talk about bold prediction. Man, after what after what Jake was saying in this episode, I that that's exactly you got to lead the people to the water, Chris. You got to make them think something, and you pull the rug out from under them. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, guys, let me let me read you guys a few things. All right, this is the first game New Orleans will have played outdoors this year. Out first game that is not in a dome. That is crazy to me. I'm real quick checking the weather. Give me one second. Weather for Sunday in yep. Chicago. 37 degrees and windy. 37 degrees okay. and windy. Like I you literally could rain as well. You couldn't ask that, for a better conditions for the Bears. I'm not kidding you guys. That actually, I was 100% picking the Saints, but I did not know that it was 37 degrees. And I've and I've mentioned it on this this uh, podcast before. Drew Brees is a completely different quarterback when he's outside yeah. and. Well, when he's not playing in a dome, um, just in general, and and obviously when it's cold, it, I don't know. There's just something with Drew Brees, and when it's cold, like that, he just can't perform. And the, I mean, even inside the dome, this guy's still throwing helicopter hospital balls. So, um, you know, it, it's just man, that's. I'll let you guys make your uh, your game predictions first. I mean, it's a low of 28, and it's windy. You're that that those temperatures are gonna be, you know, that's that's bad conditions for New Orleans. It's great conditions for a defensive battle for the Chicago Bears. Listen, the Bears this year have stopped two teams on three-game win streaks: the Buccaneers and the Panthers. The Saints right now are on a three-game win streak. The Chicago Bears, actually under Matt Nagy, are four and zero with a rest disadvantage, which is a pretty incredible statistic, um, considering they're on a rest disadvantage this week because of that Monday night game. So four and zero in that. Case category i'm going with the bears win and everyone's gonna say oh bias bias you pick the bears every week and yeah i told you why i've done that so far it's because the defense has an opportunity to win them every game and with these conditions that we looked up with these statistics that we have um with michael thomas being out i mean really i don't i don't see how the bears you know i don't i mean i'm not gonna say they're definitely gonna win but i see a very legit chance that they can win this game so i'm gonna go let me throw up a score here jake went 16 14 I'll go, do I dare say 13-10? I'm going with a true defensive battle, 13-10. I think it's just one of those days. Um, and you know the narrative after it is going to be, well, the Bears still suck, but, you know, who cares, right? Bears win 13-10. Yeah, I'll just reiterate my point uh, from bold predictions in case anybody missed it. I'm going Bears 16-14. I think Cairo Santos is your guy, and I don't think he has to kick anything long. I just think the Bears fail to get in the end zone, so he's going to have a couple chip shots that he can just punch in uh, so the wind won't be too much of a factor for him. So, yeah, I mean, I don't feel good about it, but I think this game's going to be weird. Man, I, I was doing so well. I, I, was, I feel like I was starting to win the fans back over, but now, <laughs> I, feel like, now I feel like I'm back to, my, back to the villain role, man. Um, but I, I just can't get myself to pick the Bears uh, in this game. Um, call me, call me pessimistic if you want. I just feel like with 
all the, you know, everything we've been kind of spitballing um, between the last episode and this episode, I feel like it would be very phony of me to pick the Bears. Um, so I'm going to go 24-14. Um, and look, it, 24 kind of seems high um, after what we just said. But, you know, I just feel like the offense kind of just going to put the defense in a bad position like they normally do. Um, I hope, I pray to God I'm wrong, but... Uh, going to go 24-14 Saints. Well, Chris, in your defense, I was very close to picking the Saints as well, but without Thomas and with Breeze not yeah. playing great and in bad t- conditions, without Sanders, I do feel like this is going to be low scoring, and b- the Bears, I think, always have the advantage in low scoring games. So, uh, And then Santos is still on a little bit uh, you know, of a hot streak. He's been still pretty reliable, so... I'll take- I, I just I just want to say one thing. Um, you guys, like everything we talked about in this episode, like I'm feeling a lot more confident about this game than I was prior to us recording this. Uh, like I, that's 100 percent the truth because that's what I, I do, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and Kevin did say before the last episode um, that he was going to try to uh, turn my pessimistic view, and he he's done a good job of that. So if you guys just give him a round of applause, that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's wrap this up. Uh, This has been Bears Nation podcast. Two out of three of us are going with a Bears win on a cruddy day in Chicago, a cold, windy, possibly rainy day. The Saints will be playing outside for the first time all year. Me and Kevin are picking wins. Chris, of course, is picking a loss, which I don't blame him him one bit for. (laughs) Completely warranted. Completely warranted. Uh, you know, we've talked about what we wanted to see better from the offense. We've talked about how good the defense still is. Uh, so we'll see what happens. This is going to be a weird game, I think. I think it's going to be yeah. a very, very weird game. So, you know, we have to wait till the afternoon. It's the 3 o'clock game. So we're going to find out how it goes. We're going to see if any adjustments were made. Uh, as always, Manscaped, code SHI, C-H-I, for 20% off, free shipping. Help us pay some bills so that I can move out of my parents' house. That would be exceptional. Uh, <laughs> But, yes, please use that code. And, as always, thank you for listening, and bear down. Bear down. Bear down.